Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? We are for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Got the QB1 Jalen Whitlow, the Cats Pause his own Aaron Gershon. My name is Vinny Hardy. Y'all can get these episodes at Believe.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, leave a comment, leave a star rating. We definitely appreciate it. Tell your friends about it. Retweet us, follow us at Believe in Kentucky. Got merch and everything. So, y'all, appreciate y'all listening and checking out the show. Off-season's in full effect, but we still got a few little nuggets of stuff to kick around, though, fellas. A few little things happened since we was here last. Yeah, absolutely. We've got Liam Cohn officially back. That deal was signed, I think, before we last recorded. That's actually been signed for a while. Uh, But spoke with the media for the first time, and some really good stuff came out of that. Uh, obviously get the commitment from Wilcox and uh, so some good stuff, uh, you know, it's slowing down a little bit. The portal deadline to enter was today. So at least we know that the guys that are currently on the roster, um, they'll be here for spring ball. Uh, not to say they can't add more guys before then, but they won't lose anyone else through the portal or the NFL draft. That deadline was over too. So we know the faces that'll be here for spring ball. Yeah. You know what? Again, the momentum, right, on offense is, I think, is big, you know, with the hire and everything. And bringing in such a highly touted quarterback, I think the momentum is is huge. That's recruiting is yeah. momentum. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, with what they're doing, you know, with the Liam Cohen hire, um, I think uh, single-handedly can, can spark a lot, of, a lot of stuff, a lot of noise this offseason and, you know, as we know, the portal thing isn't over, um, so there'll be some, there'll be some, you know, it'll be some things happening in the portal, huge things happening in the portal. I think between now and uh, football season, but um, you know, it's just it's just good momentum, man. You get a, a, a running back like that, uh, highly recruited. I mean, this kid had offers from virtually everybody, uh, almost. So, you know, you snag a kid like that, man, and that that kind of shows you, um, you know, the power of having a coordinator with, you know, some buzz and some forward thoughts some forward thinking uh, and bringing in guys that are known ballers at this level. Uh, so that that's what you get, you know? So, you know, the talent is there. We said the last, we said the same thing last off season, you know, <laughs> they definitely have the talent. Uh, but I think the difference this season will be just the overall drive and, and will to make sure that, you know, the offense is holding up their end of the bargain. You know, um, so we'll see what happens, but I'm excited to see 
you know, kind of the, the, the new toys in offense this, this year. And, you know, this, this running back room looks like it's stocked full, a lot of depth. But we kind of felt the same way last year. And then, you know, C-Rod is suspended. Jefferson gets hurt immediately. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, all that depth is like, whoa. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's good to see that it is stocked again because you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, and like you said, Jalen, still the huge portal additions or subtractions that are coming. But if you, you can't have too much depth, especially at the position, you know, like running back, especially with a team like Kentucky, who – still likes to incorporate the run, still likes to have that power run, not just, you know, throwing it all around the yard. So um, I'm all for the depth and, and I'm you know, glad to see that that's the case. Yeah. Running back, uh, there are five scholarship, really. I don't know. <laughs> D Beckwith is listed as a running back. So I, I don't know, man, I don't know what he's, his position is really, uh, but they've listed as five and then it would be six if you get Jefferson back. And I thought, you know, kind of going off that and with Liam's press conference, he was it was very interesting that he said that it's going to be a competition for the starting job because you kind of assume a guy like Ray Davis, who ran for one of four guys to run for a thousand yards in the SEC, you would think he was going to be the guy. But uh, it tells you they think a lot of uh, obviously Jatan McClain, though, I think he's more uh, of a pass catching back third down back. We'll see. Uh, they definitely think a lot of Jamarian Wilcox. We you know Stoops kind of hinted at him as him as the, the lightning bolt. And uh, depending where you look, he's a top, you know, 250 recruit. So he's going to play right away. And then um, I, I still think um, Ramon Jefferson, if he's healthy and, and his back, will will definitely get a shot in his last college year. And it was a guy that Liam, the only guy by name that Liam pointed out was him because he happened to work with him or, or at least recruited him at the University of Maine way back when. So um, there's some connection there. So, yeah, I think being five or six deep at the running back position going into the year, uh, is going to be really important because obviously those guys take a beating injuries can happen, but I, I thought it was really interesting that Liam pointed out it's going to be a competition. I kind of assumed that would be kind of raise Ray Davis's job, but uh, it seems like we'll get some, some competition there. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, and I, the fact that he said that leads me to believe that, uh, you know, Stoops put it, already put a bug in his ear about, look, nobody's a starter. You know, we're, we're going right. to this game. Kind of like I talked about last time when we talked about the tight ends, you know, that room is going to be super competitive. I think they're going to make that the receiver room as competitive and the running back room the same, right? Cause you can never have too much depth. And again, naturally somebody's going to leave in today's climate, yes. but um, I think you you can elevate everybody's game by having guys compete against other guys that's just as good or better. So I think uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see, man. Um, you know, a lot of competition across the board. I'm really really interested to see what happens in the running back and receiver room. I think tight ends. We're going to see multiple tight ends. Uh, we're going to see multiple receivers too. But that third and fourth receiver is going to be big. I think. Um, especially coming out of spring ball, you'll know how it, how it goes because somebody's going to – Yeah, somebody's, somebody's going to leave out of that room. Yeah, so you'll, you'll, know how, you'll know how it went, even if you don't watch the practice or keep up with it. Um, so we'll see what happens, man. I think uh, this could be a team that could be, you know, a lot of 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end, two receivers. You know, it could be, uh, you know, a lot of 12 personnel. could be some 13 personnel. could be some 
22. I mean, you're going to see a lot of different personnel. And I think that's another reason why I like Liam uh, offensively, you know, the structure of the offense, because multiple running backs get shots in this offense. I mean, you don't, there's no, you know, obviously you got your, you got your, your guy who's going to tote the ball the most. Right. But you, you, you know, they do so much with motions and, you know, shifts and per- personnel packages and uh, packages and all different, you know, just different types of things that, um, allow guys to get some tick, man, get some burn. So you can keep guys out of the transfer portal. Uh, I think that's big, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see from a structural standpoint, uh, what shakes out, you know, during and after spring. Yeah, that was, it, it's a good point you made on the rod receiver room after, you know, Barry on Dane and Tavion, you kind of, again, they're going to compete, but those guys, it's hard to see them losing, uh, especially Barry on key, Barry on and key losing their job unless an injury occurs. But it really, I mean, you Shamar Porter, Anthony Brown, Ardell Banks, all freshmen. I think Porter and Brown have a chance to push to play right away. I think Banks is more of a guy that you redshirt, but of that group of, uh, I think it's three guys, Dekel Crowdis, Jordan Anthony, and Brandon White, man, that's going to be a battle. And it's going to be really interesting to see kind of which of those guys of the three is the most trusted. And, that, you know, the bottom guy in that group, see what he decides to do. Uh, and it's it's a tough situation when you got, you know, Jordan Anthony's a multi-sport athlete. He's doing track at UK. And then Dekel Crowdis is a Lexington kid. Uh, so you want to get those guys involved, but um, it's may the best man win. And it'll be re- really interesting to see uh, how they compete this spring and uh, how, you know, Hopefully injuries don't affect that room too much or at all, but uh, that's going to be a battle for sure. That fourth receiver spot uh, last year, I, th- I think Zakel kind of emerged uh, as that guy, but you know they they wanted to redshirt Jordan Anthony and Brandon White, so they're going to get a fair crack at it. And Shamar Porter and Anthony Brown are two guys that could play right away. So they got a lot. Of, there's a lot of fun names in that room that it's going to make for good competition. I agree, man. You know, I just. You know, it's always interesting to see how how that thing shakes out. Um, but I'm also interested in, in you guys. You know, we know that when Liam was here, I mean, you had the ball was going to one guy on the perimeter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The ball was going to one guy. I mean, it. you know, uh, you had uh, Ali get a couple touches. But primarily, I mean, the ball, everybody knew where the ball was going. If the ball was being thrown. It was the Mark Around Whipple. Field. That's the Mark Whipple effect. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows that. So now, how does he coach the college game with, and even just football period, when you have three guys who are, you know, pretty good, almost on the same level, maybe four. Uh, now, you got Barry Brown, who's faster than those guys and more more electric with the ball in his hand. But, I mean, we go back and watch the Rams film, you know, one guy's really touching the ball at receiver. Cooper you know, that, yeah, he's getting 18 targets some games. So. Yeah. That's that's what they do. They get the ball to the studs, you know. Um, yeah. so, you know, I'm interested to see how they kind of split that thing up because Dane Key can play, you know, yeah. Barry Young Brown can play, you know, the, you know, Dekel Crowders. We'll see what happens, how he develops, but uh uh Robinson can play, you know, he can he can he can make some noise in the slot. He's not as fast as some of those guys, but you know, he can make some noise. So I mean, shoot, they got him back on punt return, yeah. you know, so obviously he can play. Yeah, listen, those, you brought up that Wandale was basically, you're totally right, these numbers. So Wandale led that team 104 catches, 1,334 yards. Ali was next with 41 grabs, 601. 
And then the next yards is 195 Isaiah Cummings. I mean, that's a crazy drop off. And then wow. third in catches was Justin Rigg with 20. I mean, the next wide receiver would have been Isaiah Epps, 11 grabs, 171 yards. So, yeah. And like like I was saying, obviously he learned under Mark Whipple. I think at UMass is where that connection was. Uh, you looked at Nebraska. I forget the name of the receiver they had this year. But he had crazy numbers. And I don't think anyone else on that team did anything uh, close to it. So that, that's definitely how it's going to be. But you mentioned multiple guys who are capable with the ball in their hands. And now you're in that part of college football, man, where if you don't give the guy the ball enough, they're going to dip. I mean, it's just that's how life is right now. So you've got to make sure, especially those younger guys. I think, you know, Tavion's in his last year. So if he falls out of favor, you know, that so be it. But I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but Barry on Brown, Dame Key, you know, those guys are going to get the ball, but you got to you got to make them happy. And you got to unfortunately got to make the guys under them happy, too, uh, unless you're, you know, kind of go over the plan. It's a redshirt year, but uh, it's a tough job. I don't envy that one. <laughs> it's a good problem to have at the same time, but it yep, it's yep. it's tough. Yep. And for the first time. In some years at that running back spot, we, you know, don't have a true bruiser like you've had with Benny and C-Rod, you know. Yeah. Right, you know, you got some thumpers, but not like just brute more. I think to me, they're more combo backs, you know, maybe yeah. capable of bruising, capable of lowering the shoulder and trucking somebody. But, you know, with Benny, that's what you knew. They they were seeking out contact. You got a bunch of combo backs, and it's kind of there for the taking, like you said, with Liam saying, you know, even Ray Davis, come on in. You ran for a thousand, ran all over us, but you're gonna have to compete for the job too. So I right. think that's gonna be interesting to see because you got different types of backs and who's gonna emerge from this group of backs. So it's just a lot of, yeah. a lot of fun stuff to look forward to. No doubt. Yeah. I know Stoops on signing day was talking about Davis as kind of that thumper, but you know, you look at him. Uh, really like what he did. It obviously killed Kentucky. We all saw it yeah. firsthand. Uh, but, you know, only averaged four, four and a half yards per carry. That's not quite what Chris was doing at his peak. Yeah. Uh, and also, um, you know, five foot nine. He's not as big uh, and strong as Chris was. So, you know, I'm excited to see him play, see how he fits. But, uh, yeah, it's good. there's a lot to be worked out during spring ball. And that's why it's good that, you know, Liam's in the building. He was supposed to arrive on the 18th, which is today. So, get to work and you know you'll get on you'll get spring practice started on time and uh it should be a lot of fun all those you know all those transfers are already on campus and uh whatever freshmen decided to enroll early I don't have that list in front of me are all there so uh they're already getting you know getting lifting done and getting ready to start spring ball at the beginning of uh, March and I think uh you know I, I'm one to believe that I think they'll be better without that bruiser I think they'll be better without the. I think they'll be better with the speed at the running back position. I think um, that's where the game's going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hundred percent, man. And Ray Davis is a perfect fit because, like you said, he's a combo guy. He can he can run in between the tackles pretty good. Obviously, with the best of them. I mean, but he can also catch the ball out of backfield. He, he can yes. play on the perimeter. So, I think they'll be better with that. You know, it opens up the offense when you have a guy who can do more of that. Chris Rodriguez was a. He's an NFL running back, but he's he's not a guy that you that you're gonna you know run a lot of routes with from the backfield. That you're gonna you know throw the ball out of the backfield to you know eight times a game. He, he's not that type of guy, um, and that's okay. But I think now with what they have, they it may open it up because now 
even if you're not as good as you were back in 2021 on the O line, you can still make some make some noise when you got guys who can move. You got guys mm-hmm. who who have good short area quickness, who are laterally uh, gifted, you know, and who can run vertically as well. Uh, so I think that'll be. I mean, I can only imagine. I thought about this. Let's take Boom Williams and put him in 2021 offense. Oh, I think Kentucky, like Kentucky, may lose one game in the regular season with that. I really do believe that because he yeah. he's that explosive, right? And so then, you got guys who I'm not saying these guys are gonna be that fast. Boom was like exceptional, but um, you know, if you got speed back there, man, that you know that seven yard gain, you know. It may go for 17. It may go for 27. Now, obviously, Chris, you know, he's yards at the contact type of guy. So if you if you touch him, he's not going down. Mm-hmm. But uh, these guys, I mean, instead of, you know, hitting a crease, you know, getting tackled for seven, these guys hit a crease. And you may you may just be reading, you know, tail from back if you're if you're, if you're a defender. So right. you know, it's, it's a little it's a little bit different. So they'll, they'll attack different with it. Uh, you know, it's just kind of, I mean, go back and watch the Rams past few years, you know, with, uh, what's the running back they had back there? Um, mm, they've had a bunch of Cam Akers. They had Cam Akers. Cam yep. Akers. I mean, he's still running behind the tackles, but he can also, he can do some things in the past game. He can do some things on the perimeter. Uh, so I think it'll be even, even more exa- exaggerated because the college game is obviously not as stiff on defense, uh, unless you're playing Georgia. Yeah. No right. doubt. Exactly. Oh, now, Aaron, you mentioned, you know, the guys back to, to working out, lifting and all that. So, man, Jalen, tell us this this time of year, does it does it fly by? Does, does it sneak up on you and boom, here's time for spring practice? Does this little period of time kind of go by slow? Are you everybody itching for spring ball? What's, what's the mindset right now when you just finished playing a bowl game? Season ends, but you're in that in-between space before spring practice kicks off. Yeah, I think, you know, it's super tricky because it, it definitely sneaks up on you. So what people like to do, you know, most people like to, you know, go through uh, like a six-week program. So after the season, you know, they get time off, whatever. Then they like to start practice where, you know, now some people may do five, some people may do six, some people may do eight, you know. <laughs> depends on the on the staff but usually about a six-week program of lifting and running uh to kind of get in you know really good shape uh before spring ball then you have spring ball and that six weeks is like the fastest six weeks ever i remember being in college and i'm like man like i feel like we just got done with the season and this boom is spring ball um so and again they'll be doing stuff outside of the weight room that Football never really stops in college. It just don't. There's there's no offseason. That's why a lot of times you see those college coaches trying to get to the NFL because they want an actual offseason so they can, like, see the kids sometimes. But it, it, it never stops. It, it just is nonstop. So they are lifting and running right now. But they'll also have a period where they're, they're coming back at some point in the day um, or they're doing it early in the morning where they are running, um, like, doing con- – football type conditioning, you know, where it's position specific conditioning. Everybody in the country does it. Uh, you know, some people may tie a tie a towel with, with some tape and treat it like a football. And they're going through conditioning with, you know, taking drops, receivers changing direction, running 
quote unquote routes uh, that it may be bending the rules a little bit, but everybody's doing it. <laughs> and some people are bending, or some people are breaking the rules, not even bending them. But you know, um, that that's what goes on. So you never really see it, and I think that's why it goes so fast because you don't really see it stop until you get the spring ball. You're like, man, I feel like you know we just were you know we were just in the season, but at the same time. Football never stopped because we were, you know, working out, running, speed training, conditioning, and, and and doing that whole thing. So it goes by fast, man. Uh, you know, so you know th- those guys get the six weeks to get in shape, and you know, spring ball rolls right around. Now the tricky thing is how do you fit that schedule with spring break? Uh, mm-hmm. Has always been the thing. You know, some people practice for a couple of days, then go on spring break. I don't, you know, I guess that's how the schedule may, you know shake it out for some schools. I don't never, I don't, you know, I never liked that because you're getting in shape and we know what people do over spring break. Uh, so it's like, you're losing it and, you know, you're coming back and, you know, first day, first couple of days, you got to sweat out all of the, you know, the, the beer and the, and the Hennessy. <laughs> so, uh, that, that's just how it goes, you know? So we'll see, man. I think uh, those guys are, you know, entrenched in what they're doing right now. They're having meetings or whatnot. Uh, a lot of player led stuff, but once uh once that first week get you know a spring ball get there, you know, it's like a kind of like a come to Jesus moment. You're like, man, you know, we're back at it already. We're past. So it goes fast. Absolutely. Yeah, glad to get that little that little perspective, you know, because you've been right up in there and been there and done it and all that. So yeah, we appreciate that. Um Man, AG, we well, we talked about Liam already. Uh, we got Wilcox in. Like we talked about something else before we recorded. I can't remember. <laughs> I know we were talking about the uh, you know the whole NFL situation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know all of that too. So yeah, it was a. I mean, outside of the first game, which was good in the first half, it was a great weekend. I mean, they were all great. Vinny and I selfishly are very happy. Uh, both our teams moving on. So uh, Giants win their first playoff game since I was in middle school, I think. So life is life is pretty good right now. Cowboys won their first road playoff game. Oh, that's right. Since I was in oh, – I might have been in high school. I was, I was like a junior in high school. <laughs> yeah. Know, man. Yeah. A lot of losing. A lot of losing. Yeah. That's crazy. I think um, – I, I'm usually not that interested in like playoffs until like uh, really until the Super Bowl, but I'm interested to see what happens, man. Because I want to see the Eagles play. I'm interested to see what happens with that, um, which I think they're going to take an L. Personally, I hope so. <laughs> uh, I'm already playing the Giants. I hope but so. Also, uh, you know, also want to see the 49ers. I want to see if they can keep that thing going with a with a rookie quarterback. Um, I mean, guys, I'm just going to tell you, uh, Kyle Shanahan is like, he may be the best play caller on offense that I've ever seen. It's insane. He, I mean, he he to play quarterback in his system, I mean, they almost won a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo yes. is a was definitely a bottom 32 quarterback in the league. That's just <laughs> – that, that's, that's just the truth, talent-wise. You know, we know that. Like, I mean, yeah. that's just the truth. So – Obviously, he's doing good for himself, whatever. But the truth is, he was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and they were in the Super Bowl. 
He's about to take a rookie quarterback and potentially go to the Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback who Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant, which you know, some people may say that I don't mean anything, but at the end of the day, Brock nah, I mean. Purdy is not the most talented quarterback. And I mean, I don't think I mean, obviously he's he's not a starter. So um again, what I'm trying to say is I think what Kyle Shanahan is doing, he's rewriting code when it comes to offensive game planning and, and play calling. I mean, I mean, what the dude is doing, I mean, guys are running wide open. We mm-hmm. I watched the, the Seattle game. I mean, they're running high school open. Like <laughs> it is it, Oh, that one play that Debo had, he was just Yeah. Was I mean, they missed a touchdown on the corner route on the left side early in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, dudes are running like middle school open. It's ridiculous. I mean, like wide open. Nobody's nowhere near them in the NFL. And yeah. I remember, I remember my whole life, people always telling me, um, you know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta make those NFL throws, those NFL windows. I call BS, man. The past, <laughs> the past few years, I'm watching, I'm watching these NFL games. I mean, we, these receivers running wide open. You know, I feel sorry for defensive coordinators because this, you know. Like like I said, unless you're Georgia or a couple NFL teams, you know, it's tough to stop offenses nowadays with the rules and, you know, kind of just the evolution. Now, defense, ca- defense will catch back up eventually. But right now, uh, you know, especially with the 49ers, I mean, it, it's hard not to win when you got guys running that wide open. Uh, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. So they're doing a good job. So I'm anxious to see what happens with that. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, Kentucky receivers can run that wide open. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> that'd be nice i said it the other well, earlier today and look i'm a cowboys fan and you know definitely hoping the cowboys win there's so many dynamics first of all because you got you got dan quinn who was in seattle who's familiar with san francisco he had shanahan as an oc in atlanta so they know each other very very well but i don't know maybe genius gets thrown around too much but like y'all mentioned what he did, what he did with Jimmy G, what he's doing with Purdy to make it simple enough to where this dude's head isn't spinning at the NFL level. If Shanahan was to ever get a legit bona fide Hall of Fame quarterback, look out. I mean, because <laughs> what he's done with who he's had, and I hate to give him credit, and I hope we beat him this weekend. I hope. <laughs> I hope Quinn can find a way to confuse that young fella and, and kind of, you know, muck it up for him to where he doesn't have – I mean, he got plenty of weapons, and that, that helps him out. But what Shanahan has done, it's not like he's had first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You know? Absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> Trey Lance might be one of the biggest busts that we never talk about because they win without him. I mean that's that's where this is heading. It's going to be really interesting this offseason what the what they're going to do because uh you know we'll see how far they go, but 
Brock Purdy hasn't lost a game. I know that he has a lot of help around him and he's not doing it alone, but you know, we were talking a little bit before the show. Some of the throws he was making were, and obviously it schemed up well, the playmakers they have, Samuel, Ayu, Kittle, and, you know, Trent Williams, that offensive line, McCaffrey. I mean, it's loaded, but there were some big boy throws that he made, and his best one was dropped in the in the back of the end zone by Ayu. So, uh, yeah, it, it's very impressive what they're doing over there. But I think, you know, I, I think arguably – not that they're – I still think that probably Buffalo is the best team overall. I'd say San Francisco and Dallas from a talent perspective are probably the two talent, most talented teams left. Just And Philadelphia you could put in that boat with the, like eight all, uh, all pros they have, whatever it is. It's insane. But I just think Dallas and San Francisco, talent-wise, it, it's off the charts really. To, to me, the – the biggest issue uh, for San Francisco is an experience at quarterback. And the biggest issue for Dallas, I think it's probably the head coach. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's where I think it is. Uh, you, you, you've watched them more than I have, obviously Vinny, but uh, I've never been a big Mike McCarthy guy. I've been a huge Dan Quinn guy, but I have not been a big Mike McCarthy guy, but uh, it's going to be very, that's the game of the week for sure. From a talent perspective. Yeah, And that's why, that's why it's the last game It's Sunday. Yeah. Got to wait all weekend for it, but just like I do last week, I had to wait till Monday night. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that's that's how everybody's viewing it. It's Cowboys, it's Niners, it's you know they played last year. It's a renewal from where it was in the '90s every year in the NFC Championship game for that little bit. So uh, going back to Giants Eagles, I you know everybody picked the Eagles to be the number one seed. I didn't think they would. They did. But Aaron, Daniel Jones is going in there with more playoff experience at quarterback than Jalen Hurts. He's That's got a, one, he's got one game under his belt. Uh, they Hurts. both have one game, but Jones has one win. Oh, <laughs> uh, playoff Hurts, Hurts started for the Eagles last year against the Bucs. They got oh killed. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. They got killed. I forgot about that. It oh. wasn't much of a game. Okay. So that, it was easy to forget about. <laughs> oh, never mind. I was no, I was, but Jones has more wins. That's that's a fact. <laughs> well, it's only one nothing, but he's got the win now. I mean, look, I've been telling you all year that Brian Dable is like my hero. I mean, the way they scheme, talk about scheming guys up wide open, uh, and I know Minnesota's defense is bad, so Philadelphia will be a much better test, but. I mean, they had guys running. I mean, there was one player early in the game that Darius Slayton, who thank God they won that game because that drop would be all I'd be complaining about at the end of the game there. But there was a play that Darius Slayton had a 49-yard catch and go where it was just a slant middle of the field. He literally looked to his left and he was like, oh, there's no one here. I'm going to go downfield. He was ready to like get tackled. It was unbelievable how wide open guys were. And uh, Daniel Jones had... I mean, he's been doing what he's done all year. He's gotten better and better and better, and he's proved his worth in a contract year, obviously on his legs. I mean, first quarterback ever to throw for 300 yards, two touchdowns, and run for 70-plus in a playoff game. It, it was a it was a quarterback. And Saquon Barkley made the most of his opportunities. They only gave him the ball nine times because Jones was balling out. I mean, it was uh, it was an awesome performance. It was, it was very – for a guy – I've tried to back Jones. Must I believed in him from day one? There's been times where I've almost thrown thrown in the towel, but uh, uh, you can't do that after this year. He's kind of he's shut everyone up. I think uh, Purdy and 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 and, uh, and Jones 
they don't get uh, enough credit when it comes to their escapability and their ability to run the ball, tuck it and get oh, you know, yeah. downfield. That's where those are where the games are going to be won in the playoffs because everything is tighter. Uh, you know, teams are usually playing better run defense. So if you can get that extra hat in the run game uh, and that extra dynamic, I think that's cool. And tying that back into Kentucky, Kentucky will need that from Devin Leary this year. Oh, they'll, yeah. need, they'll need Leary to make plays with his feet. Because, again, we sat, we sat there and watched Ohio State put up 40-something points on Georgia or whatever it was, 38, 40, whatever it was. And part of that was because – the quarterback kept them on schedule when things broke down. Uh, CJ Stroud is not a runner by no means, but you know, he ran, he was a uh, opportunist when things presented themselves and he made good plays with his feet. I thought the last run he had, I said, okay, yeah, they're going to win. The last run he had, you know, when he got down territory, I was like, yeah, they're going to win this game, but it's always the quarterback's feet. That's the X factor. Mm. People can say what they want to say. Uh, it takes yeah, really, right. really good players, really, really good scheme to not have a quarterback that can move and still be really, really good on offense. To be really, really good on offense and to kind of break that seal and break through when when everything else is even. When you're playing a good team, you're in the playoffs, or you're playing a good, you're on, you know, it's a road game against South Carolina or it's a home, it's a home game against Tennessee. Can the quarterback beat? the defense at least two or three times in big plays with his legs. That's what defensive coordinators hate. And that's what breaks the game yeah. open. Uh, now you yeah, got to run the ball, got to be the throw, got to be disciplined, got to, you know, limit turnovers, penalties and all that good stuff. But uh, when things break down, can, the, you know, can the quarterback get the coordinator and get the team out of a bad play? That's what's going to win you games. And that's why I told people that Georgia's going to be extra hard to beat. His stats and Bennett is so good when he so, runs. He's, he's fat. I don't know why everybody keeps saying he's like sneaky fast. He's not sneaky fast. He's fast. No, he's like, fast, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's fat. I don't know why people keep saying that. I mean, it's been two years in a row that he's proven <laughs> that if you let him beat you with his feet, he will. You know, and he he's outrunning DBs or at least running just as fast as they are. So it's tough to beat him, man. And that's why, again, that's yeah. another reason why TCU made it where they're going to make it. Oh, Duggan was awesome on the, yeah. under the ground. Yeah. He wasn't the fastest yeah. guy, but he was opportun- – like you said, he's an opp- opportunist. Yeah. It's picking your spots, man. It's knowing yeah. when to run, knowing when to throw it away. And he, those guys are really good with that because they've been doing it for a while. Uh, and yeah. that's where I think, the, you know, that's where – and, again, and we can go back against your Cowboys the other day, that, that, uh, that thrashing we watched against, you know, the Bucks. <laughs> there no was mobility from 12. There was multiple times, and I know he's 45 years old, but there was multiple times where they had a guy who can halfway move. They move the ball and get a first down. You know, and I guess you, you can't have both. You can't have a, a Hall of Fame passer and a Hall of Fame runner. But if you got if you can halfway move at quarterback, you can help your team. That's just where the game is going. You don't have to be a 4-4 guy. You don't have to be a 4-6 guy. You don't have to be a 4-7 guy. But if you can be – if you can – Get the team 12 yards with your feet when things break down and there's nobody there and not be Tom. Tom Brady was like, like a, he's a statue, you know, so it was kind of easy for the Cowboys to corral him in a pocket and play good coverage. Uh, he threw the ball 60 something times, 66 times or whatever it was. That's like, that's what I do at Madden. You know, what I'm <laughs> that's like, that's like unbelievable. So, uh, and that partly was because they were very one dimensional. They couldn't run the ball very well with the running back. And Brady had no escapability to help, 
you know, again, we can get into this bar left, which thing I don't know why he got fired, but he had, you know, no escapability. So yeah. uh, I couldn't help. He couldn't help the coordinator, couldn't help the offense with, you know, when things broke down. So, you know, that's, that's, that's the game, man. Yeah. yeah, I, I that's a, I that was I think one of the first red flags with Skin Gorilla when he made it clear that they weren't going to run Levis. I mean, he was very very open about that from spring ball on how, you know, you got to be careful, you got to protect himself and all that and look, you don't have to go out and take as many hits, you can reduce that. I think that's something that uh every time Daniel Jones runs the ball, I hold my breath still some of the hits that guy is willing to take and I respect the hell out of it, but at the same time, you know, yeah, they're business decisions, I get it. But man, is it such a huge part of the game nowadays? There aren't you you hit on it. I mean, the Bucks, you know, two even 2 years ago, that's how much the game has uh just evolved, man. Where two years ago the Bucks were able to win the Super Bowl with Brady being a statue. Uh now now they they wouldn't sniff it. I mean, that's just what it is. I know Stafford isn't the most mobile guy, but you know, they had the playmakers to kind of compensate last year and and get around it. But you know, Joe Burrow, who got to the Super Bowl, definitely is an oppor- opportunist on the ground. And really every I think every quarterback left, unless I'm slipping off the top of my head has that in his arsenal where at least he can uh, get out and escape in need be. And then bringing that back to the college game, I think that's one of the few things with Devin Leary you kind of hope he can improve upon because you look at his stats and I know, you you know, rushing yards with quarterbacks can get skewed because the stupid rule where they count sack yards against your rushing, which is so stupid, but his career high rushing game is 29 yards. Mm. it's not it's not a lot obviously so mm. i am interested to see um leary on his legs i haven't really dove in enough uh to his tape to see if it's really scheme if it's he's a statue what it is but um that that's definitely an element that i'm very curious with this offense i know that liam will be totally fine letting him go it's just a matter of how good is he at it um you need it to win games you're absolutely right i think kentucky had a couple plays this season that if Will Levis just went out and ran the ball instead of holding on to it, especially in that old miss game, I mean, yeah. they might, they might have an extra win or two on their resume. That's just, that's the, that's the facts. And I think, um, unfortunately the, I think the offense coordinator played a large role in that. And yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I get it, you know, it's your starting quarterback. I get it. Trust me. I, I've been there, you know, I know it's high school football, but I had a kid who, we didn't have anything behind him, so he wasn't gonna. We we didn't want him to run the ball. Now, right in, in big games, where region games, where playoffs was on the line, and in the playoffs, we let him carry it a couple of times. You know, so I think you got to be smart with it. But you know, I'll never teach a kid to work when things break down. Don't use your God given ability, and it it's almost like that's what they were telling Levis last year. I mean, he wasn't doing anything with his feet, um, right. and and that that's kind of disappointing. Uh, from a, you know, from an offensive standpoint, you know, you got to be able to use that element if you have it. It kind of, it can kind of, you know, put you over the edge when it comes to uh, talent and when everything else is even. So, we'll see. You know, Devin Leary is going to have to do it. Uh, no you doubt, know, you're going to have to do it. You, you, as as talented as Kentucky will be on offense, you know, realistically, they still won't be a Alabama receiving core and and lineman, and you know, they still won't be a Georgia. So, and that's just the truth. That's not, you know, that's just the truth. They don't, they had, they're not on that level of recruiting yet. So when, when that's the case, if your quarterback can, can make some plays with his feet, you know, and speaking of Alabama, they play Alabama at home next year. That that may help them out. You know, that may be, 
be the difference in the game. Uh, yeah, I got still yards. Yep. So we'll we'll see. Absolutely. And real quick, we can't we can't get on here and and pop off without talking about the Chargers. What in the world? <laughs> I mean, you have twenty seven nothing. Oh my God! It might play out the other way. I thought maybe Jacks. They're supposed to be even. I thought Jacksonville might jump on San Diego because San Diego's going west coast, east coast. Maybe they're a little whatever sluggish. I thought maybe it would play out the other way, but up twenty-seven, nothing. Awful. Couldn't even close it out. The kicker makes a kick and gets them to thirty-three. That might have been enough, but that didn't happen. You lose by one. Bosa's throwing his helmet around. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, what a meltdown, man. Meltdown, man. It was. Uh... The Chargers and Falcons are the only two teams in the league. It seems like that happens too, and it's funny. I, like I said, I was in Tennessee, so I was able to. Uh, you knew that was happening too. It you just could feel it. So I took that plus seventeen uh, Jacksonville at halftime and uh, made some money off that. So that was nice. But yeah, man, it was. Uh, and I see why. You know, I can't believe Brent Staley. You know, last year, remember? I, I know it. it and maybe I, I I don't know if you remember this, Galen, and what you would think of it if you were in this situation. But last year they had that game with the Raiders where if both it was like there was a minute left in overtime. The Chargers had the ball at like midfield. Uh, and really, you know, if both teams had if they had tied, both teams would have made the playoffs. The only way, so if the Raiders won the game, the Raiders were in, Chargers were out, and then vice versa. And the Chargers elected instead of just you know, taking a knee or whatever, because the Raiders were ready to take them, just let it be a tie. Uh, I think the Chargers went for a fourth down around midfield, didn't get it, and let the Raiders, you know, get close and kick the game-winning field goal. So uh, I don't know about that decision. And then he's made a lot. We all know he's very weird with the clock. They go for it on fourth in their own side of the field all the time. They're hyper-aggressive. And then you choke away that lead. And, you know, they fired the offensive coordinator because – they don't throw the ball deep when they have Justin freaking Herbert, who has the be- arguably the best arm in the league uh, as far as strength goes. So it's just it, it's a shame for Herbert because it's 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 turning into Philip Rivers all over again, where mm-hmm. Philip Rivers had an outstanding, I think, underrated career. Um, obviously, now that you know in a game where you got to run as a quarterback, it wouldn't be the same. But you know, he had an awesome career, Hall of Fame career, and they didn't win. I don't know if he won a playoff game, maybe one or two. Uh, it's just that's Chargers football. Yeah, and, and you touched on something when it comes to like clock management. Yeah, you know, and that was a big, you know, the past couple of weeks, man, we've been seeing some weird things happen with that. Uh, oh man, I think uh, if you go back to Miami, you know, that, <laughs> all yeah, the delayed games. Yeah, this is where my conspiracy theorist uh, bail starts to go off because I'm like, man, how in the game this? How does that happen? Like. I can see one time, you know, <laughs> I can see it one time. I can see it twice, but in a game like this, you know, it had, I mean, I don't know, man. It I, just kept happening. There's just something weird about that, man. And I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not gonna go too far with it, but that's not, that's not, that's not normal, you know, on that level where guys just lose all awareness of time and, and the clock in a game that big in a playoff game. I mean, that's just, I, I, I've never seen that human beings make mistakes, but that's, that's kind of, it's kind of odd, man, to me. Um, 
for that to happen that many times. And I don't know. I don't know if it's trying to get the perfect play in, which it probably is. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, for it to happen was, was three times. Uh, you well, know, it's got a lot. You know, it's you know, <laughs> it's kind of kind of kind of odd, but we'll see. You know, there's a lot of a lot of weird things happening in the playoffs. Yeah. And since we're talking playoffs, like we mentioned, it was eleven former cats that were on squads that made it to the playoffs. Um, Mike Edwards with Tampa, Josh Allen, uh, Luke Fortner. Corey Peters also. Yeah, he's a jack. Yeah, yeah. that's like old going back old school. Quinn Bohanna and Kevin Joseph with my Cowboys. Um, let's see who else we got. Yusuf Corker. Yeah, practice squad Cincinnati. Yeah, and I see. I just lost the tweet. Where else we have? Wandale, who's on IR. The Giants. Yeah. Um, with Minnesota. Phil Hoskins with Kansas City and Darren Kennard with Kansas City. And I think that's everybody. But 11, 11 cats, when the playoffs started, 11 former cats were on some roster. I didn't even know Phil Hoskins was with Kansas City. I, I knew. Carolina. I guess it just happened because I know he was with the Panthers. So yeah. you signed with the Chiefs on January 12th. There you go. I did not catch that. Mm-hmm. So I think we had to, you know, give them all some love. Uh, you know, and and Jacksonville's ride, man. You know, it yeah. coincided with the Titans falling off the face of the earth, but hey. they still had to beat the Titans to win that division. They were trailing, and then they fumble. Josh Allen, Josh Allen, four, Titans out, Jaguars in, and now the Jaguars have won a game. And hey, they going to Kansas City with nothing to lose, man. I think they. Did you see that quote Trevor Lawrence had where he said he doesn't think Arrowhead – we all know Arrowhead is the loudest stadium in the league. He said he can't imagine it's going to be louder than Jacksonville. I think he might be in for a little bit of a rude awakening. I was at I, – I went to I went to Arrowhead last year for a month – the Giants were playing there on a Monday night, and it was – your ears hurt, man. It was, uh, it was loud in that joint. So, can't imagine what it is on a playoff game. So, maybe Lawrence shouldn't have said that. Maybe uh, – Maybe not, but no, he, the way I got to give him a ton of credit to throw four picks, including three to the same guy in one half and to come out and play almost flawlessly in the second half. I mean, that was a hell of a performance, you know, to have the mental capacity and mental toughness to just overcome that is, uh, ah, man, that's, that's pretty impressive in your first playoff game, nonetheless. So ton of credit to him and Josh Allen has been absolutely balling out. I think, you know, he's due for a payday. I know he they definitely picked up his fifth-year option, so he'll be – you know, he's got one year left on his rookie deal. But, man, oh, man, is he – hopefully – I mean, hopefully for Jacksonville's sake, it's Jacksonville, but he's going to get paid in the next – you know, if not the next few months in the next year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So, man, I felt like we covered all the bases and got it all in. And we, y'all keep tuning in. We got guests coming. We've got some – off-season stuff in the works. Y'all still DM Jalen those restaurants. Mm. He comes up for the spring game. His words, the best suggestion, the winner will get something nice. He's going to do something nice for the winner. So, y'all, yeah, we tweeted that out earlier. Yeah, y'all that listen, y'all know. Think of the places you go to in Lexington. Got the you know, a good dinner, a good lunch, whatever, good brunch, whatever type of meal it is. 
you know, send him his way, and then he can judge him and rate him and make a decision. And you might pick the one you sent in. Um, AG man, what's coming up on the the Cats Paws, a legendary website that you write for, covering all things UK sports, man. Yeah, man, it's all all pretty much basketball right now. I mean, if when football stuff comes along, we get there, but. Uh, it's it, it's basketball mode right now for sure, and uh, things are looking a little bit up right now. Hopefully, it keeps going that way for uh, Cal squad over there. They've played a lot better the last couple of games, gotten some big wins. So uh, that's kind of the focus. We'll be home on Saturday, and then right back to Nashville, uh, where I feel like I go all the time on Tuesday uh, for Vanderbilt. So right. good stuff going there. Oh, man, we appreciate. You fellas hopping on here each and every week. We appreciate everybody that takes the time to tune in and listen. Appreciate the Believe Network for letting us hop on here and chat and talk UK sports with y'all. Enjoy the playoffs. Enjoy Kentucky, Texas A&M Saturday. We'll be back next week for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Everybody take care now. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.